listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 15th of November, 2023. On Market Day, we'll speak with Diane College from Morgan's about the day's market action. But first to wages, where the Australian Bureau of Statistics says the wage price index rose 1.3% in the September quarter. That's the fastest in its 26-year history of the data to be up 4% on the year. But remember, that compares with inflation at an annual rate of 5.4%. To break down the numbers, I spoke with Alex Joyner, the Chief Economist at IFM Investors. Yeah, it was a, an interesting print today. Uh, 1.3% was was a very strong result. Not unexpected. The market was looking for that strong result because what we knew going in was that the Fair Work Commission negotiations, uh, enterprise bargaining agreements coming through with uh, a reflection of strong inflationary outcomes and the broader, tighter labour market that facilitates higher wages, all were contributing uh, in the quarter. And, you know, that was what we saw. It was uh, 1.3%. And that's, uh, that's a good outcome for, uh, for people earning an income. Yes. Yeah, so of those, um, I guess, uh, workplace arrangement um, or those minimum pay increases, um, where did we see, what kind of jobs did we see the biggest increases for? Yeah, retail, hospitality, uh, healthcare sectors all had very, very large increases in quarterly wages. And it's no surprise because they're the ones that are exposed to the uh, enterprise bargaining agreements and award wage agreements that were struck uh, in the third quarter. Um, These wages, though, I'm seeing some commentary saying that, hey, these increases are likely to be one-off and they're one-off for most most low workers anyway. Um, Can you put that into context? Yeah, so Q3 is always when uh, the bulk of wages uh, increases come through because it's the start of the new fiscal year. Um, around about 49% of people in the private sector uh, got a wage increase in the third quarter, and that, that is a lot historically. Um, and that might be as much as their employer can give them. And what we'd expect in coming quarters is a much slower pace of wages growth, and that's probably what will happen. Um, these are wage increases. Is it enough to worry the Reserve Bank? Because I think the RBA in its recent um, commentary has said, hey, we're OK with the forecast for where wages are going as long as it's met with productivity gains. Yeah, that's right. And the RBA has forecast. It's maybe, maybe it was a little bit stronger than the RBA had forecast in the statement on monetary policy last week, but not too much of a worry for the RBA in the context of that productivity growth. It sort of seems to assume that productivity growth picking up, that means wages growth is fine. But what we've seen in the data is that productivity growth isn't picking up. Um, These numbers usually come out the national accounts. Um, We've seen a pretty poor productivity uh, outcomes over the last few quarters. Now, some hope is that, you know, we've seen a little bit of a turnaround in other countries like the US where productivity is starting to pick up, but not yet in the Australian case. And what we really need to see is a little bit of less pressure on what we call as economists unit labour costs. So that's wage growth in the context of productivity. Uh, If that starts to come down, that will be a welcome sign for the RBA. But if it doesn't, uh, it will be unwelcome, and that puts upward pressure on interest rates. Okay. Um, speaking of interest rates, what do you think this is likely to mean for inflation? Well, I, you'd have to think that stronger wages growth adds to demand. That's one thing. 
if there isn't productivity growth, then that adds to unit labor costs. So that puts upward pressure on inflation. And, you know, that's really what the RBA is, is vigilant on. Um, you know, it's looking at the broader economy, but uh, if it gets another upward inflation surprise, um, you know, the pressure is for it to put interest rates up even further. Um, so we know that the annual wage price index is at 4%. The consumer price index is at 5.4%. So what's real wages like? Can you put that into context? Because, okay, sure, we're getting these high pay rises, but the cost of living is still pretty strong. Yeah, that's right. And real wages actually rose in the quarter. So that is a positive. But as you say, Ricardo, through the year, real wages have gone down around about 1.2%. And what it feels like for the average uh, person in the street is that they've gone backwards because of the cost of living increases. And, you know, what we want to see in coming quarters and, and for an extended period of time is real positive real wages because that means people are catching up and will gradually catch up over time. And the reason I say that they'll need that time to catch up is no one's actually forecasting inflate, uh, sorry, no one's actually forecasting prices to fall. Everyone's forecasting inflation to fall, but that's just slower price growth. So what we need is for that real wage space to continue to pick up and and hopefully that will happen so people can feel like um, some of those cost of living pressures are being alleviated. But it's a fine balance, right? You don't want um, wages to climb or even even like real wages to climb too fast if it's going to be inflationary, right? Hence another reason why you're saying a slow rise. Yep, and that's, that's the importance of productivity. Um, economists harp on about this all the time. Um, we need to see that uh, improvement in productivity to justify the wage growth. Uh, and that will make it less inflationary than it otherwise would be. But, uh, you know, economists uh, talk about inflation, or, uh, sorry, talk about productivity all the time. Um, we just need to start seeing some of it. Um, overnight in the US, uh, it saw continued slowdown in annual inflation to 3.2%. As I mentioned earlier, Australia is at 5.4%. Why the difference? And is Australia on a different path downward when it comes to inflation or is inflation here stickier or is it just taking more time to come down since since inflation took a little bit longer to go up compared to the US? Yeah, it's probably probably all of those things. Um, Australia was a little bit behind in, in inflation. US inflation picked up before Australia's. So we're, we're sort of coming down at a, at a more gradual pace. Um, some of the dynamics in inflation are similar. So, you know, the dramatic fall in goods inflation uh, is the same across the US as it is in Australia. The services side here has been a little bit more sticky, and that's one of the differentiators. Um, you know, the energy space is probably a little bit different in Australia. So utilities prices, there's upward pressure there. And the other big one is rents. Uh, rents are coming down in the US. Rents are still going up in Australia. So there's a few differences as well that suggest to me that in the Australian context, inflation will be a little bit higher for a little bit longer. There's also some macro factors. We talked about higher unit labour costs or the potential for higher unit labour costs in Australia. And then there's population growth. So population growth in Australia is dramatically different to what it is in the US. So that just means there's more demand in the economy and the more demand in the economy there is, uh, the less likely or the less pressure on businesses to reduce their prices. So there's some unique factors in the Australian context that might keep inflation a little bit higher than, than people and the Reserve Bank would want. 
Final question. So what does all of this mean for interest rates, I guess, in both countries? Because we've seen the Australian dollar surge against the US overnight um, following the, the US CPI data, and the, and the market's not doing too badly either. Yeah, so that's just a, uh, a factor of market pricing of interest rate expectations. Uh, the Australian dollar going up is uh, a consequence of market pricing for interest rates in the US, actually pricing in quite a decent amount of rate cuts, uh, and those happening uh, as soon as 2024. Not so positive news in the Australian context of interest rate pricing, where uh, the market isn't really expecting any interest rate cuts in 2024 at all at this stage. So, um, you know, that relief that perhaps mortgage holders were hoping for next year um, according to markets, might not come. Alex Joyner there, the Chief Economist at IFM Investors. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. And the Australian share market and dollar really like the news out of the US because the share market rose 1.4% on the S&P ASX 200 to 7,105. That is an eight-week high. For more, I spoke with Diane College, a private client advisor at Morgan's. Dan, let's first of all talk about the US CPI report, which had an obvious impact on the Australian dollar, which jumped from about 63.7 US to over 65 US following the release. Why? Great question, Ricardo. Lovely to see you again. Uh, Basically, the way I explain it to my clients is that when you have the impact of currencies, it's all about a set of scales. So as one currency goes down, the other currency goes up. And what we saw last night was the US dollar uh, fall on the back of the CPI numbers. The reason behind that is because as the CPI numbers showed, the the US economy is slowing. So therefore, that negatively impacts the currency. And as that currency dropped, our currency went up because we possibly have a couple of more rate rises to come through, making our currency a lot more valuable. Plus, we've got the impact of the China growth story coming a little bit uh, to the forefront, and therefore that impacts our commodity prices, which have gone up over the last couple of days, again, positively impacting our currency. So what does it all say about the state of the US economy and the implication for shares? Uh, well, what we're seeing now is that uh, the Fed's actually done its work. So it has utilised its um, power over the interest rates to slow the economy down. And um, therefore, that has weakened some of the currency impacts. But what it says for the US shares is that, it's, again, it's quite positive because a lot of the US uh, indices, such as the NASDAQ and the Russell 2000, are primarily made up of growth stocks. And growth stocks actually react positively when you've got a lower interest rate environment. So when you look at our share market today, where have the major gainers come from? Again, it's all based back onto the interest rates. So what we've seen is uh, sectors such as the real estate sector or listed REITs, if you like, uh, utilities and also um, some of the uh, tech, sec- tech stocks in our market have all reacted quite positively. The REIT sector in particular, that's been beaten up recently. And again, that's been re- beaten up on the fact that we we're expecting higher interest rates and therefore uh, that was a negative impact to their performance. But now if we look forward and we see that we're going to see some interest rate cuts, 
then that would be a positive for their um, performance and their stock prices. That's purely because they rely a lot on debt and a lot of their debt comes from the US. So if they see interest rate cuts coming through, then um, clearly that's going to be a cheaper option for them going forward and therefore their performance should improve. Okay, and finally, do you see uh, where do you see the opportunities for investors at the moment? Great question. So um, I'm looking at the REIT sector myself, and I think that from a, a yield perspective, they're delivering, um, you know, between 6 and 7%, uh, not franked, of course, but they do pay on a quarterly basis, which is quite attractive to those investors looking for a regular income payment. And uh, they are offering really good value now. Um, they've been sold down on the back of the prolonged uh, higher rates for longer, which I think we spoke about originally. And um, now that there could be cuts coming through in late 2024, it's going to be a great boost to their returns. Diane College there from Morgan. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Music.